Well, kia ora koutou. Good morning, tote mai. It's so good to be with you this morning. Are you well? Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, it's not very often that actually I get to join you on a Sunday morning because as many of you will know, my wife Sarah and I, my name's Jeremiah, for those of you who don't know who I am, we get the great honor of being the campus pastors out at our QE2 campus. So it's a little unusual for us to find ourselves here on a Sunday morning. But I'm so grateful because you came as well. <laughs> That's probably because you didn't know that it was me coming. You came expecting Carl this morning, didn't you? Well, we've sent Carl and Ange to our QE2 campus this morning, and Anna's out at our Selwyn campus. So we've had a bit of a switch around, and whether you knew it or not, you're now stuck with me. But hey, I'm, I'm grateful that you're here. Oh, you are... Did Carl tell you to do that? (laughs) Well, I'm grateful to gather with you this morning. And our young adults are out at young adult camps today as well. So really praying that they have a great time encountering God out there. And and it looks like they've had an awesome weekend. But hey, you've not just come because you've known who's speaking this morning. We've come to worship God. We've carved times out of our busy weeks. So many other places we could be to gather and worship our God together. So grateful for the work of Jesus on the cross. So grateful that he sent Holy Spirit that it's not just a Sunday moment, but we get to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit throughout our weeks as well. Well, a few weeks ago, I was stood in one of our prayer and worship services, which is a good place to be. And if you've not been, I encourage you to come along to one. It's happening next Sunday night. But I was stood in an attitude of prayer and worship, and I felt God drop something into my heart, drop something into my spirit. And it was a simple question. He said, what's in the core of the tree? What's in the core of the tree? Now, I can tell you, We weren't praying about trees. We weren't praying about forests. We weren't praying at that point about the environment. So I had really no other reason to think about trees, and that's actually what caught my attention, was that was a thought that I hadn't put there. So perhaps this was God speaking to me. What's in the core of the tree? What's in the middle of the tree? How healthy is the tree on the inside? Does it have a good core? Is the tree hollow? What's in the center of the trunk? These questions began forming in my mind throughout the evening. This strange question I felt was an invitation from God to examine and work on something that he had highlighted in my life just a few days before. What does the center of the tree of my life truly look like? Is there a hollow space in my life where there should be the presence of God? I began to ponder What hollow spaces could there be in my life? Not what others look at, but what's truly in my heart. Now, many of you will know the story of when Samuel, the prophet Samuel, comes to anoint the King David. And he's going to the house of Jesse. Now, the house of Jesse was a really good place to go look for a new king because he had so many sons. And when he came in, he was going to offer a sacrifice. It was there a ceremony, a ritual. And as he began, the first son came in, and Samuel went, this one. So obviously was it going to be Eliab. He was strong, and he was handsome. He had all the stature of a king. But he felt the quiet whisper from God. No, it's not, it's not Eliab. 
Now, Samuel could have been really disappointed, a bit confused. Really? It's not Eliab, but you should have seen the next brother. Wow. Man, he was articulate. He had a big beard. I think that's important, you know, for a, for a king, if we're honest. <laughs> but he was strong and he, man, this one was definitely, he was going to be the king. And again, the quiet whisper, no, it's, no, it's not this one either. And another brother, oh, yep. No, it's not this one. And you'll know brother after brother after brother came before Samuel. And no, it was none of these ones who looked like they should be the next king. Until eventually, young David, he's summoned in from out of the fields, summoned before Samuel. And the Lord says to Samuel, this is the one who you're to anoint. This was the future king. Right back when he had first seen the first brother, the Lord had spoken to Samuel, and he said, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. We know of David, how he'd been prepared out in the fields, out in the pastures, prepared in worship. It wasn't just a... An appearance thing with David. His core was solid. The purpose lined up for David had required attention and preparation in the fields. So that one day when he was to step into his purpose, there was something of substance to be found. He'd been prepared, planted and grown for his purpose. David, as many of you will know, was still very much Human, still made mistakes, but it, was time, but it was his time spent with God that had prepared him for what was to come. That when he faced Goliath, his confidence in God still held. When Saul had tried to have him killed, his character didn't waver. When David faced the giants in his life, the strong preparation proved well for the outworking for that which God had prepared and planned in advance. When he was put to the test, when put through the fire and exposed, it still revealed a man after God's own heart. One like you or I who didn't get it right all the time, but held God as his centering point. He was able to fill his God-ordained purpose. When he stepped into his purpose as future king, there was something of substance to be found in him. So I did a little bit of searching, a little bit of Googling about hollow trees. What's wrong with hollow trees? And I found something that I wasn't expecting. Hollow trees can still look really healthy. They can still produce good fruit. In fact, if you were walking through the forest, you might not even know that the center of a tree is hollow at all. It blends in with all the other trees, just part of the forest. It's well camouflaged against everyone else. It looks just like the others and can completely blend into the canopy. And yet when that tree that was planted for a purpose... When it comes down, when it comes time to cut it down and make it into that which it was planned for, 
into a table, into chairs, into chopsticks, whatever its purpose was, if there are hollow points in it, that's when there becomes an issue. There's nothing of substance to outwork that which it had been purposed for. And so these hollow spots, if left unattended in our lives, can thwart the purposes that which have been planned for us. But it's so easy for us, isn't it, just like this hollow tree to blend into the forest, for us to simply camouflage ourselves against all the other people, to look right, to sound right, to behave right, to do all the right things, to say all the right things. And we can get so caught up looking at other people and go, wow, look at them. Man, the purpose for their life, that must be awesome. Look how perfect they stand in amongst everyone else. They're so big, so strong, producing so much good things. But it's only you who truly knows the center of your heart, who truly knows what's the, what state the core is in. What are the hollow places inside us that if left unattended to can grow into something that you were never planned or purposed for? Others may look at the outward appearance But God, he's interested in the heart. He's interested in the core of your being. He's interested in strengthening and restoring hollow spaces. Well, a few months ago, I'd found myself with a hollow space growing inside me. A space that I knew if I left unattended would grow into something that I was never purposed for. And I just thought, oh, it's just a season. This is just something I'm going through. It must just be winter. I'll come out the other side and it'll all be good. I'll just keep doing the right things, saying the right things, behaving the right things. No one will ever know. So I pushed it aside a little more. A hollow space left unattended can thwart that which you've been purposed for. And I'd found myself with a bit of a hollow space growing in my, inside me. Anyone ever been in a bad mood? Uh, nope, just me. Well, you're about to learn some things. <laughs> Maybe a few elbows next to the person beside you. Maybe you haven't, but the person beside you can guarantee has. Well, our guests for dinner had just left, and it had been a lovely evening. Great conversation. I think we'd probably played a game, and they'd gone home. And then I'd fallen into a bit of a a flat spot. And although I knew I was being totally unreasonable and that I really should just snap out of it and apologize to my Sarah for being a bit of a pain and a bit difficult and probably saying something I shouldn't, I wasn't really annoyed, but something was going on deep in me that I wasn't fully aware of. Well, my Sarah, you know that she's gracious and she's patient, and she's forgiving. Well, at this point of the evening, she was less so. (laughs) And she was at one end of the house, and I was at the other. And I was preparing myself for that when she came back into the living room, that she'd sit down and we would have the conversation where I would apologize. I'm sorry that I did this, and I'm sorry that I made you upset. And I was expecting her to be quite annoyed at me, because she was annoyed, I can tell you. 
And she sits down, and where I was expecting her to be annoyed and angry at me, she sits down opposite me and says, I'm worried that you're losing your joy. Well, that was not what I was expecting her to say at all. Not what I'd prepared for. I was ready to try to pull myself together and make things right, things that I'd put wrong. But that's not what she said. It's not what happened. I didn't re receive anger, but compassion. I'm worried you're losing your joy. And it felt so true. It was like someone had taken not just an x-ray of my body, but a MRI of my soul. She'd noticed something that was missing. Something I thought that no one else would notice in this season. And although I knew that there was this thing being consumed inside me, I couldn't identify it in my own strength. That which was being sapped away, this fruit of the spirit. I knew that the removal of joy was leaving a hollow space in my life. A hollow hole inside me that if left unattended, would fill up with unhelpful things and eventually lead to bearing fruit that was not of God. It could, if left unattended, thwart the purposes of God for my life. So when God, just a few nights later in a prayer meeting, quietly asked me, what's in the core of the tree of your life? I knew something was being highlighted, an invitation to again take it back to God to see the fruit of the Spirit again come alive in me because I want to produce fruit. I want to produce good fruit, fruit of the Spirit. And you'll know what these are, Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So if joy is a fruit of the Spirit, then the lack of joy was the product of something else. And I needed the work of the Spirit right. inside me. Right. This was the invitation from God to begin working with Him to find the true cause, the root of this hollow space. And as I began over days and weeks searching with God and spending time in prayer and worship with Him, God graciously showed me that which was robbing me of my joy, the thief of comparison. Comparison was stealing my joy, hollowing out a space inside me, trying to weaken, and if left unattended, left unattended, ultimately destroy the preparation to outwork my purpose. And so that's a work that I am continuing to do, to root out comparison and again see the fruit of joy yeah. in my life. Good. I could so easily hide it away. I've grown up in the church I've grown up around people. I know how to say the right things, behave the right things, do the right things. I could just leave it unattended and blend in like a hollow tree in the forest. Wow. Right. But that's not the plans and purposes of my life. The Spirit comes to give life in all of its fullness, to restore that which is not right inside me. But I strive for full restoration because it's the core that matters, not that what I allow others to see. See, Paul writes in Galatians 5, he says, For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. 
The only things that counts is faith expressing itself through love. For in Christ Jesus, he says, it doesn't matter what it looks like. How you appear, Jew or Gentile, it doesn't matter what you have or haven't done. It doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or not. What matters is that your faith expresses itself through love. And we know what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the confidence in that in which we hope for. The assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for, uh, commended for. It's the confident assurance, faith we can carry inside us, that what we truly believe, that Jesus really is who he says he is, that what Jesus did really matters for our life. Our core, our center is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus was not just another man in the crowd. He's not just a guy that people come to visit on a Sunday and then disappear again, and he's just there again next week when you come to church. Jesus wasn't just a nobody or simply an historical figure. He wasn't just someone with good ideas or a great thinker, not just a good man or a moral teacher. When the world says faith in God doesn't matter, it's meaningless. Who he is doesn't matter or really affect us. Have faith. Stand firm. Let faith rise up in you and know who Jesus is, the gospel on which we stand. This is the centering point of our life. He is Jesus, son of God. He's Jesus, savior of humanity, king of kings, name above all names. He's the healer, redeemer. He's my personal friend. He's the one that sets us free from the bondage of sin, from the grips of guilt and shame. He's the one who heals sickness and diseases. He's the one who's worthy of all of our praise and attention. That is who we put our faith in. Jesus came and lived on earth. Out of a great love for all of humanity, yes, but out of deep personal love for you. Jesus came, died on a cross, that you might have life with him. That you might be fully restored. He came and lived a perfect life. One free of mistakes and wrongdoings. Because we all make mistakes. We all cause hurt on others at different points. We all hold a grudge when we shouldn't. We all think thoughts that we wish would never be said out loud. They sit in our hearts and can cause hollow spaces. We all do things that the Bible calls sin and the wages of sin. The cost of that sin is separation from God. And so a price needed to be paid. Throughout the Old Testament, People had paid for this price with sacrifices, something they would have to come regularly to do and present their offering to God in order to stay in right relationship with God. But God had a plan, and that plan was Jesus, his only son, his perfect son, not his least favorite son, the one he was annoying him so much that he was like, this one will do. No, it was his only son that he sent to earth. And having lived a perfect life, Having upset the understandings of what had been for so many years, humanity had him crucified. And Jesus was killed, taking all of our sins on himself. The perfect sacrifice so that I could have the choice, the invitation to accept the sacrifice to be made right with God. And with the price now paid in full, 
Three days later, Jesus walked right back out of that tomb. They had laid him in, showing God has all power and all authority, even over death in the grave. And as Jesus was leaving earth, he promised that he would send someone to be with us always, to empower us, strengthen us, encourage us, and restore us. That person is the person of the Holy Spirit, who when you accept Jesus' gift of salvation, the price that he paid for our mistakes, Holy Spirit comes and lives in us to guide us and comfort us in the joys and the trials of life, to begin the restoring work over a lifetime of following Jesus. The Holy Spirit at work in us, producing the kind of fruit like love, joy, patience. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the good news. This is what our faith is in. This is what we invite into the center of our lives. This is the, restore, the restoring work that we, begin, that we begin to invite into the hollow spaces that perhaps we've left growing inside us that if we leave unattended can begin to thwart the plans and purposes that we've been planted for, that which God has prepared in advance for us to do, if left unattended. But instead, we invite the restoring work of the Holy Spirit in us. We examine what the core of our lives is centered on. What purpose are we being prepared for? To be carriers of the gospel. And we allow God access to any hollow spaces that can be robbing us from producing this kind of fruit, that the Spirit grows in us. You know, sometimes we can look at our lives and go, well, there's a hollow space that's growing up. Maybe it's comparison like it was for me. Maybe it's so many other things, and I encourage you to spend some time with the Lord and say, what is in my core? What is in my heart that you could begin a restoring work? What fruit of the Spirit am I not seeing produced in my life? What is the root of that? What is causing a lack of fruit to be produced? Invite him in. Can I invite the band to come and join me again? Today, if we took a few moments to examine our hearts, what would we truly find in our core? Not how do we look to other people. Would we find a, tr- a strong center? One that's being prepared and growing for the plans and purposes of Jesus. One that even in the trials of life, when someone gets close, gets to know the real, authentic me, that they would see something of substance. Or would there be some weak points? It's never too late. To invite the restoring work of the Holy Spirit. But would we find hollow spaces that are growing in us that we once again need need to bring back to God? Maybe it's not something you've confronted before. Or maybe it's a regular area that keeps coming up. But it's not by our strength, not by our willpower, We might need to put some work in for sure. We might need to go and get some help, start talking to people, bring things into the light so that we can begin to work on these areas. But it is the restoring work of the Holy Spirit 
in us. It's the work of the Spirit in us. I want us to get personal. Take some time to examine our lives and again allow God access to the places we have kept hidden and outside, out of sight of others. Put Christ again in his rightful place. Allow him access to the hard places, the painful places in your heart, knowing that he is gracious and gentle. God comes not with anger, but with compassion, an encouraging work, an invitation to follow his leading. His guiding, the work that He is beginning in us. Can I invite you to come out from blending in with the crowd, from looking right, doing right, and instead allow God access to the core. You know what? People might look, people might make assumptions, people might judge. The Bible tells us that people will look at the outward appearance, but what really matters is our core the centering point of our lives. And I am confident of this, Philippians 1.6 says, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I invite you to stand if you're able with me this morning. Each of us, has been planted, growing, prepared for a purpose. Our purpose, to love God, to love people, to live on mission, the message of Christ, to a world so desperate for hope. So let the preparation take place. So that as we begin to live out our purpose, as we start living out our mission, as we start sharing the gospel, as we have conversations of faith and begin to pray for others, we're able to do all that God has intended for us. That when people look at our lives, they would see the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, forbearance, gentleness, self-control. Let's allow the Spirit access again to the hollow points in our lives. God, we are so grateful. We're so grateful that you are kind, that you are gentle, that you sent Jesus to the cross for us, that that price is paid in full, that we can have right relationship with you. And Lord, we invite again the work of the Holy Spirit to begin that restoring process, to continue it on. And we pray that that which you've begun in us, that which we've given you access to again this morning, you would carry it on until full completion. Give us the strength, Lord, the boldness, the courage to invite you in to our hearts again. That we wouldn't leave these hollow spaces, even though hidden from others, we wouldn't leave them to, to simply grow or just pass us by in another season. But we would know the full restoring work 
of your spirit, of the gospel that we truly believe, of faith that we have in our hearts, the confident assurance of that which we do not see. And so Lord, we trust you. We give it to you again. Whatever it is, whatever the hollow space in our life is, God, would you reveal it to us as we pray, as we worship, as we sing this morning, would you reveal to us aspects of our lives that we can again come back to you so that when we come to live out our purpose, there's something strong, something of substance, that we're able to outwork all that you have prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.